You're listening to The Jay Barker Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. And W265CG Tuscaloosa, Tide 100.9. And streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Who you are is more important than what you do. The only way that you're gonna have any kind of success in your life, you have to buy into a process of what it takes to reach a goal. How can I be the best I can be at what I do? How much of your time was spent and how much was it invested in your goal? Can't do it unless you can overcome adversity because that's what makes great things great is the things that you had to overcome to accomplish them. We have about five choices in our life, and everybody has a choice as to what they want to do and how they want to do that. But if you're going to be excellent or elite, you got to do special things. You have to have special intensity. You have to have special focus. It doesn't matter what God-given ability that you have, but without the rest of it, I'm not sure you ever get excellent or elite. You have to have toughness. What does it take to break you? I don't care what circumstance you're faced with. What does it take to break your focus, to make you give in? You're tired or you don't feel like giving effort or finishing the play like you should? I'm not saying it's our goal to try to break you. It's just the way it is in football. It's going to be difficult if you're getting yourself ready to play at a high level. And just because you got beat on the last play, that can't affect the next play. That's breaking you. Your frustration is breaking you. What does it take to break you? We should help others. We should serve other people all the time. You cannot be a leader and affect other people if you're not willing to serve other people. Think of our lives as every day we should appreciate the opportunity that we have to accomplish and affect something. Earn this. Everybody made all these sacrifices for you to live. Go live a good life. Be a good father. Help other people. Accomplish something of significance. Make a difference. That would be my message to everybody here. Make a difference and help everybody's spirit in a positive way. God bless you and roll tight. Jay Barker led the Crimson Tide to a national championship in 1992, winner of the Johnny Unitas Golden Arm Award and a finalist for the Heisman Trophy, voted the SEC Player of the Year and was drafted by the Green Bay Packers, also seeing time with the New England Patriots and the Carolina Panthers. He is the winningest quarterback in Alabama history, 35-2-1, member of the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. Jay Barker brings that same championship quality and football expertise to his own radio network and show. Joining him is Lars Anderson, New York Times best-selling author, 20-year veteran of Sports Illustrated, and professor at the University of Alabama. Live from the AVX Studios in Birmingham, Alabama, The Jay Barker Show. Well, but, you know, that's your opinion on quality of opponent, all right? It's not mine. I, I respect all the people that we play, and I respect winning and what you have to do to win. All right, so, and every player should not be focused on who they're playing against relative to their motivation, but every player should want to be the best player they can be. So why would it ma matter whether we're playing Texas or playing somebody else? That's how you get good. That's how you develop the right habits. That's how you're consistent. You know, I've told you guys more than once. When I was in the NFL, I watched players. I didn't know who they were playing against. I was just evaluating them. So that means when we play a team that's not as good as somebody else, you don't play as good. So you let the opponent determine how you play. You let the score determine how you play. You, de you, you determine where you're playing. All right, that determines how you play. So when you get evaluated, what's somebody think? Oh, this guy plays pretty good at home. I don't think we'll draft him. Does that make sense? So I respect what it takes to win. All right, I, didn't I say this on Monday? 
What, what does what you're favored in a game mean when you're favored by 20 points and you lose? Like two teams did this week. What does it mean? It means the people favoring you either don't know what you're talking about or the players playing got affected by that. Neither one of them are good. Welcome in, head coach Saban Laurent yesterday at the uh, press conference after practice and uh, talking about his players' evaluation of them and uh, how they play, whether it be at home, away, against great competition, or against uh, competition that people feel like you should win by 20. It doesn't matter. You play at the same level. You don't worry about the opponent, the scoreboard, where you're playing. You play at uh, and play winning Alabama winning football, championship football, and uh, that's a clear message yesterday that was sent to uh, the team as he does all the time through his press conferences. Uh, that was Nick Saban. All right, uh, we got a lot to get into today. 20-time major winner Roger Federer announces his retirement. He'll play one more tournament, and uh, he'll be done. He's not done with playing tennis, but will not compete in the majors and uh, and also some of the uh, different tour events, but will still be playing some tennis. Greg Norman also says Liv, Go- Liv Golf has no interest in sitting down with the PGA Tour. The SEC also tells Georgia, Tennessee, you got to postpone those respective series with Oklahoma and Texas. So uh, a lot uh, going on there as well. And, uh, man, we saw what happened out of Utah. We'll get into that a little bit later on. But uh, topless girls coming into the uh, can- or into the stadium with kids around, uh, police and security not doing anything about it. So a lot to dive into. we got Coach Brian Vincent going to be our first guest at 12.15 today. And then coming up a little bit later on at 1.15, we got uh, Clint Lamb, uh, who joins us weekly from Bama Insider on 3 Media, and then Andrew Bone from Bama Insider on 3 Media, also talking about recruiting a big weekend for the Crimson Tide down in T-Town with La Monroe coming to town. All right, let's welcome, uh, well, first, before we welcome in Matt, let's uh, remind you we're presented by Top Golf of Birmingham. And, uh, you know, normally I talk about them, but I want to say something that they did today, pretty special. Our buddy Robbie Glenn went out with Striker Strong and uh, asked for them for donations and uh, different uh, things they could provide for the tournament. And they just unloaded on him a ton of noise swag from Top Golf, all types of things that they're going to be giving away at the golf tournament coming up next Friday. But uh, more importantly, uh, as well, they gave out uh, some great event stuff where they're going to have where you can get like 12 people, so two bays, all the food and drinks you want, and all the golf that you want. Uh, great thing from uh, Mickey and John and all the guys uh, there at uh, Top Golf of Birmingham. I really appreciate their support and all the things they've done through our show but more importantly through uh, Striker Strong Foundation. So thanks, guys. Top Golf, our presenting sponsor. We're driven by Sunny King Ford on the sunny side of the street. Go by and see Tony Russell and all the great folks there at Sunny King Ford. Lars Anderson's got the day off. Matt Coulter, live at AVX. Matt, how are you this afternoon? What a beautiful day once again. 84 degrees. The humidity is less than 50%. Uh, it is absolutely like Southern California weather. Fortunately, it's not Southern California politics. <laughs> okay, anyway. Uh, Jay, the the clip we played at the top with Nick Saban, you know, they say rants, and you you I think you put it perfectly. You said a little rant because I think that's a little rant. Now he can yeah. get a lot more heated than that, but every, when he does, everybody goes, he's on a rant. That particular statement, I'll call it, was chalked full of great information on playing an underdog, and I think he was alerting his team. But I think in this particular case, Jay Barker, he was really talking to us. He was talking to the media, and he was really saying, this is the way it is. When you're evaluating another team, you have to evaluate them, them alone. 
and not compare them to what Texas does or what La Monroe does. So I found what he said at the end of practice, and not just that one. He had several other really, really good quotes. I thought Saban, as if he's not ever on his game, I thought he was at the top of his game with this conversation with the media yesterday. Uh, no doubt about it. And and then only bringing up some of the different positions and some of the things they've got to work on from the offensive line to uh, the receivers, finishing routes and coming out of routes the right way, correct way, running them uh, you know, full speed. Uh, he brought some of those comments up, talked about his teachers that really influenced him. I thought that was a great question, and he loves going into topics like that. But, uh, yeah, little rant, not a big rant from Coach Saban yesterday. But, you know, again, driving home the point. And, I, as I said, he loves these moments when his team struggles they still get the win, and he can come out and coach and coach them up and get them better. Remind them of that, you know, no matter who you play against, you got to play at that top level. And he showed it to, or yesterday afternoon in that, you know, in his uh, speech or, or talk to the uh, press. And you see that fire kind of lit underneath him. Uh, I, I think he loves those moments. And a lot of great co comments we'll get from him uh, throughout the day and uh, throughout the show as far as some of the uh, things we'll play for you. So be tuned in for that. Some of the great comments from him yesterday at the press conference. Um, I got to get your take, though, on this story from uh, we got Brian Bissett coming up from UAB here shortly. But uh, what do you yeah. think about the SEC? And uh, I think it, it, it points you know very well uh, to what's going to be happening. The Oklahoma Sooners heading to the SEC soon alongside the Texas Longhorns. And apparently, uh, to uh, much of a good thing is a really good thing that is, at least according to the powers <laughs> that be in the SEC, Oklahoma had scheduled and appeared to be non-conference games with both Georgia and Tennessee. But the second game in each series is now scheduled to take place after the Sooners are expected to join the SEC in 2025. That would be uh, would have eventually led to scheduling conflicts. Technically, the conference right. stated that the transition of Oklahoma into the SEC will not allow for the involved institution to fulfill their respective contractual non-conference home-and-home appearance obligations. So they decided to nix the respective series altogether. That means Georgia's game at Oklahoma scheduled Saturday, September 9, 2023, is now canceled. Instead, the Bulldogs will play host to... Ball State, which is uh, right now uh, a, a crazy downgrade from uh, the uh, Oklahoma Sooners, both okay. in uh, terms of competition and entertainment value for the fans. But uh, don't tell Coach Saban that. Well, no, 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 no. <laughs> you'll get you'll get that same little bitty rant. Um, you know, the, it's a scheduling deal. I mean, what are you going to do? Play them twice a year? Uh, you know, if they happen to fall in your SEC schedule, uh, I think the interesting thing of note is this is all about timing. Uh, do people read into it? And some are. I'm not really. But Jay, do you think that means that they're that Texas and Oklahoma are coming in to the uh, SEC sooner? When I first saw it, I thought that because it, for them to take that out in 2023 is that they think there are real expectations that they may be coming in in 2023, whether it be through uh, the TV contracts and the things that are happening with the uh, 12 team playoff and all that, that they may be freeing up some things. Uh, that uh, will allow them to make those things happen where they can get out of their contracts a little bit quicker with the Big 12. So we'll have to see what happens. All right, Matt, coming up, uh, UAB Blazers coach and head coach, uh, Coach Brian Vincent. Always great to have him on. He joins us just about every Thursday and have a chance to visit with him, getting ready for their big matchup coming up on Saturday. So stay with us. We'll come back. We'll visit with Coach Vincent and uh, get his take on his UAB Blazers, a tough loss for them at Liberty last week. But uh, they're going to rebound this week and uh, be a big one. So uh, we'll get his thoughts on all that coming up on the other side. We're live from AVX. Audio Video Excellence continues. We'll be back. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios. <laughs> 
Perk Coffee Shop, Catch a Taste Restaurant, and Hay Court Apartments in Tuscaloosa. The Literacy Council of West Alabama serves nine counties by getting books into the hands of children and adults. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A very warm afternoon with a sunny sky. Tuscaloosa's high in the upper 80s at 88. Clear tonight, the low 64. Very similar weather tomorrow and Saturday. A good supply of sunshine both days. Highs between 87 and 90. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 84 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Welcome back in. Let's get right to him. And uh, that's Coach Brian Vincent, the uh, head coach of the UAB Blazers. A tough loss last week to Liberty, but they got Georgia Southern coming in. And for Georgia Southern, 45-42 over Nebraska. A huge upset. National attention for them uh, for that big win in Lincoln, Nebraska. Uh, coach Brian uh, Vincent joining us now. Coach Vincent, thanks for being with us. Absolutely, Jay. Appreciate you guys having me. Most definitely, most definitely love having you on and uh, love talking about the UAB Blazers. Tell, uh, first of all, just give us a little bit of insight into uh, what what happened at Liberty, and then we'll move on from there. But we'd just love to hear kind of your take on that game. You know, we had a great week of prep um, all week, really great practice. I felt like I know that we played hard for four quarters. We came out, we were ready. Uh, defense gets a stop on the opening drive. They punt, and then we, we, you know, we fumble on the first play on a 12-yard gain on on offense. You know, but our defense rises up and doesn't give up any points. It gets a stop uh, with them guys with missing the field goal, and then we get stopped. So, in, and we have a great Debo comes in. And we have we run the ball. We stop him again on on defense. Uh, on about an 18-yard gain, he gets hit from behind, and the ball pops out on the second play. So we give it to him mm-hmm. again. But our defense rose up again, you know, four times. Uh, we had three fumbles, and then we had a fumble in the return game in special teams and, and didn't give up any points. So wow. I thought we played hard from the beginning to the end. You just – we can't turn the ball over and expect to beat a good football team – you know, in their stadium, and we just didn't execute, you know. We just too many turnovers, and we were tied up 7-7 at the half, and defense stops them, and they punt, and that's when we fumbled the punt return, and it just um, really never really got anything going. We were moving the ball at will. We just didn't sustain drives because of turnovers. So, um, but the thing I, I was most proud of is our kids never blinked. They We never – you know, dropped our head. We stuck together. They fought all the way to the end. And um, that's what I was really proud of, man. I was proud of how we prepared, how we played. We just got to eliminate the turnovers. You just can't turn the, the ball is the king in, in offensive football. you got to protect the football, not turn it over. Coach, you got Georgia Southern coming in. We all know what they did this past weekend. And this is going to sound very elementary because it, it is. Uh, does that change things the way you approach the game? Maybe not necessarily on paper, but but mentally you go, wow, these guys just went to Lincoln and won. Uh, definitely. I think that the kids, before you, you know, we walk in the team meeting Monday, the kids already know. And what I think it does, it grabs our players' attention because you obviously, 
you want to get it's one game at a time, it's one opponent at a time, and you want to make sure on that team you want to grab the team's attention on what they're good at, offensively, defensively, special teams, because that's what you're trying and you're focusing on stop. And but for them to go to Nebraska and beat them, kind of, kind of did it for himself. So our kids are excited. We've had a great week of practice. Uh, probably our best week up to this point, and that's the key. You know, it's game to game. It's one game at a time, but we're on a journey, and we want to continue just to fight and practice hard and get better, you know, going into conference play. But this is a big game. It's a game we're excited about. We've got a quality, quality uh, Georgia Southern team coming into Protective Stadium, and, and that's what it's that's what it's all about. Is you got a good point coming into town, and we're getting ready to play, and we're going to have a heck of a game Saturday. Coach Brian Vincent, our guest and uh, head coach of UAB Blazers. Let, let's talk a little bit about uh, the, uh, Georgia Southern as far as what what were some uh, things that you see on film uh, about them that uh, this really impressed you. Oh, offensively, this it's it's very impressive. They've thrown the ball a hundred and two times in two games, so around fifty one wow. a game. The quarterback so different has not Georgia been sacked one time. Way different Georgia Southern, right? <laughs> Julie, they throw it four times a game. Right. But uh, their quarterback has not been sacked one time. He's thrown three interceptions, two against Nebraska, and then one against Morgan State. They are 20 of 30 on third down for a 67% third down wow. conversion. They're 12 of 13 in the red zone with 10 touchdowns and two field goals. So, you know, they're doing what they're doing. They're getting the ball out quick. They got four receivers that are a bunch of state, all five nine, five ten slot body guys that can really run. And they're throwing a lot of now screens, a lot of quick slants, a lot you know, they're getting it out quick. And the quarterback does a phenomenal job of knowing where his hot is because they'll release the back and do five man protection. But he's getting it out before you can get to him. So defensively, they base out of a four down front, seventy two percent four down, he'll get in odd. You know, they'll jump into odd, whether depending on your personnel. You know, in 12, they're going to get in odd, but uh, or they're going to get in odd in your 11 personnel and bring pressure. They, they, they're they very balanced in their boundary pressures and field pressures. Um, they do a good job of holding it and not showing it till late. But um, they, they their safeties, when they're in there too high, their safeties are deep. They've only given up two touchdown passes this year. So when they're in there too high, they're not going to give anything over the top because depth or safety. When they're in one high, that one high is way down there. He's about 18, 19 yards deep. So uh, they don't want they want to make you earn it. They want to keep you underneath and make you earn it down the field. So, you know, we've got a big challenge in front of us. We're excited about it. And um, we just need to go out, go out and play our best game of the year. Coach, um, Clay Helton is there now, and obviously – you guys just talked about it. Um, Georgia Southern has been a run option team since Irk Russell was there. For goodness sakes, what kind of job did Coach Clay Helton have to do to a team that ran the ball as I mean, just an incredible amount of times? And did you just throw the offensive game film from last year for Georgia Southern in the trash can and just look at defense? Well, I knew the moment Brian Ellis got the offensive coordinator job. He was at Western, and, and he's been here. You know, he played here at UAB, played quarterback, and I've known Brian a long time. And Brian loves to throw the ball. So, um, 
it's Western Kentucky's game film from last year's who they are this year on offense. Okay. So, yeah, it definitely blew my mind. But the thing that I think I see with this – number one, it all is all about the quarterback, Van Treese, who was a three-year starter at Buffalo and transferred to George Southern this winter. So he is a stud now. He, he can spin it, and he's accurate, he's smart. He, he's kind of the difference, and they probably turned a lot of those slot backs they had into receivers because yeah. <laughs> they can run and they've got good hands. But it's the thing I see what they've done is they brought confidence back to Georgia. So, you know, they, last year, if you watch the film, which we did, you know, that they, they just they're playing with a different set of confidence, a different set of belief is what I've seen in two games. So we brought, we, we, we brought this up uh, early in the season just about the fact, you know, going through training camp and all that, now being the head coach, also the play caller on that office side of the ball and, and just some of the adjustments you had to make. After two weeks in the season, how much better do you feel about all that? Uh, I'm just – it's more I can – you know, I'm just getting adjusted to it more. Yeah. The time and demand, it doesn't, doesn't really change. You've just got to put more time in, you know, just because of different priorities and different – you know, from offense, defense, to special teams, to the head coach, all things goes along with being the head coach. It's just, it's like I said, it's just time management. But it's, it's nothing that can't be handled. It's nothing that can't be handled. And, and I enjoy calling the offense, and I enjoy being around the kids more, mm-hmm. you know, than just handling all the head coaching duties. So it's, I've enjoyed it. I, I really have. Coach, uh, are you pretty healthy? You know, we are. We are healthy. You know, we've we've got um I think we're gonna be full speed ahead. Uh Kyle Harrell, who got his ankle banged up in the second quarter and didn't play much in the second half against Liberty, is starting to look better, so we think he's gonna be a game time decision, but we we expect him to go. Good stuff. Coach, always great to have you on. Good luck this weekend against Georgia Southern at games at two thirty at Protective Stadium. So get down and support your UAB Blazers. Coach, thank you. All right, guys. Appreciate you guys. Go Blazers. All right. Thank you. Go Blazers. All right. That's Coach Brian Vincent and uh, doing a heck of a job there at UAB and uh, got a big opponent coming up this weekend. Be a great game. And uh, as we we're just talking about Georgia Southern, all the changes that they've made on that offensive side of the ball, especially with Clay Hilton. All right. Uh, we'll continue. More to come. Clint Lamb's going to join us at 115. We'll talk with him from Bam Insider and also on 3 Media. Then Andrew Bone at 130, our recruiting specialist analyst, the best in the business, will be with us at 130 from Bam Insider on 3 Media as well. So stay with us. We'll continue. More topics to come on the other side and also a big get and sponsorship for one Bryce Young. We'll tell you more about it on the other side. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX studios in downtown Birmingham. One in seven men will face prostate cancer. Nearly 500 new cases are diagnosed every day in the U.S. Traditional treatments can cause erectile dysfunction and urinary incontinence. But now there's a new option, high-intensity focused ultrasound, or HIFU. Men who are really looking for an option that really preserves their urinary and sexual function are great candidates for HIFU treatment. Preserve your quality of life. Call 866-4-VITURO or visit VITUROHealth.com. Hi, it's Jay Barker for AVX, Audio Video Excellence. They are the premier provider for custom audiovisual design and installation in the Southeast. AVX seeks excellence in everything it does, including a superior employee experience. AVX offers employees an industry-leading salary, insurance benefits, and 401k options. AVX technicians also receive the highest level of certification and continue training, making it one of the most awarded and decorated companies in the industry. Career opportunities are available now. 
now for technicians in Birmingham and Santa Rosa Beach, Florida. Join the AVX team by contacting them at avxinc.com. Gary Burley here for Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. As a 10-year National Football League veteran, you can imagine my surprise being diagnosed with cancer and starting chemotherapy treatment back in 2014. I suffered from a lot of pain and offered up prayer during those days as I made it into remission. But I developed neuropathy. Anyone that suffers from this condition knows the pain is excruciating. Nerve numbness and tingling along the tissue that won't heal. I tried everything for relief, folks, until my wife suggested I call Dr. Williford of Williford Chiropractic and wellness. I called at 205-909-7373 and scheduled an appointment. After three treatments, I began experiencing relief that I haven't had in years. If you're suffering from neuropathy, I suggest you reach out to Dr. Williford and his great staff at WillifordChiropracticAndWellness.com. Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. Give them a call at 205-909-7373. Balance your brain. Balance your life. Hi, it's Jay Barker. I want to tell you about my good friends Craig and Keith at Birmingham Broker. Go online at bhambroker.com. That's bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Got seven kids, man, and we had to sell a lot of cars. And these guys are looking for a lot of inventory. They helped us with all the hassle. No stress for us. They did the process as far as the sales and everything. Handled it all the way through. White glove type service. You'll love it. Again, it's bhambroker.com. Sell your car through bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Hi, it's Jay Barker for Siebel's in downtown Homewood, and now's the time to get your special place ready. Come in and let Siebel's design your porch with Kingsley Bait Outdoor Furniture and one of their custom swinging beds. For the great room, you're going to need their Carson Swivel Recliner. Siebel's is the number one Carson Recliner dealer in the country, and Sarah and I, we've got one, and we absolutely love it. Be sure also to check out their famous custom-made beds and bunk beds built by Siebel's and made up with some of their best linens in town. Their staff can truly put your bed together like no other store. You can also follow Siebel's and shop on Instagram and Facebook. And be sure to call or go by their special store in downtown Homewood. The number is 800-448-1962. That's 800-448-1962. And just for listening, go to Siebel'sCottage.com and order anything you want and type in Jay Barker for a special discount code. That's Jay Barker for a special discount code available only to our listeners for a limited time on The Jay Barker Show. Siebel's in downtown Homewood or online at Siebel'sCottage.com. It's Antonio Langham here to tell you about the easiest way to buy your tickets to your next high school game. Have you ever had to wait in line to buy a high school ticket or stop to get cash on the way to the game? There has to be a better way. There is. It's called GoFan. Check out GoFan.co the next time you need a ticket for your high school game. GoFan is easy, fast, and completely secure. You can buy tickets directly from your phone and just show the ticket at the gate. Download the GoFan app or visit GoFan.co now. That's C. Letter O. got a sponsorship with Beats by Dre. And uh, you've seen a lot of different celebrities, different athletes that have gotten uh, those type of sponsorships by Beats by Dre. But uh, Bryce, the next on the list. And again, 
the NIL deals continue to uh, go up uh, for Bryce Young, and no surprise there. The former or the uh, Heisman Trophy winner last year and looking to uh, continue on his way to maybe winning it once again or at least be a big part of that conversation. Always tough to win it twice in a row, and uh, the odds are kind of against you just even from the voters' uh, point of view, but uh, definitely reaping some benefits from last year's Heisman campaign and also the uh, big win and drive there at the end to beat Texas uh, this past weekend. So, uh, again, uh, Beats by Dre, new sponsorship with Bryce Young. Matt, your thoughts on that? Well, I think it's pretty cool as they just continue to branch out in all of these different areas. I mean, that's perfect for, I mean, Bryce was probably already wearing these anyway. Yeah, exactly. Uh, by the way, I, I wonder if he'll get me a pair because they're really good and the quality is <laughs> they're, they're great quality. The quality is unbelievable. I'd rather have the, the, the headphones than the buds. But just a, a quick story. When Josh Smith texted us that that had happened, I said, well, I'll Google this real quick. And I said, Bryce Young, NIL, Dr. Dre, and all that come, came up was Dr. Pepper. Dr. Pepper, Dr. Pepper, Dr. Pepper. Uh, because, you know, that's the latest. And, of course, he does ads for Dr. Pepper now. But uh, just a funny little sidebar. Yeah, and it's a great um, look that they've got. I've actually, uh, Josh has sent us the picture. You can look at it, Matt, on text there with our group text. But um, they, they even got the, the script A look to them with so the uh, Crimson Tide uh, you can't. There's not really a script A, but it looks like a script A, right? The the very, uh, I guess, end of the A. So maybe they were able to get around some of the licensing. Very smart on their part. If that's what wow. they did. Do you see that? Now I can't see it in this one particular picture. All I see is what looks like. Well, it's got a B on the side, I guess, which is for beads. But but you see the crimson, right? You see how it comes down to the white, and then right there in the white, it swoops now out that, like a script I, yeah, A. That, oh, I see what you're talking about yeah. now. Um, absolutely. Very smart. The crimson portion of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's the white, the white leading into the headphone looks just like a script A, but yeah. there is no script A. It's just, it's just the outline of it. Yeah. Yes. Pretty cool. Uh, boy, that is very clever marketing. That's, uh, that's market. That's 400 level marketing at the university of Alabama. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. His, uh, sponsorships and stuff have just been unbelievable. And, and again, the, the thing that he's been able to do by not, not only his play, because I, I think it's his play, I think it's the brand of, of Bryce Young as well as the brand of Alabama. You have to know that that's a huge part, even though they can't take part in it. It is a huge part of, of the attention that uh, players from Alabama, Oklahoma, Texas, Michigan, USC, if you have success now, uh, you know, even though you can't promote that brand, that brand still carries you a long way as far as the recognition you're going to get. And a lot of that's because of the big games you're going to play in, the TV time that you're going to be on, uh, you know, where eyes all across the country get a chance to see you. And that then gives you the Dr. Peppers, the Beats, the big uh, cash apps, the, all, all the things that we've seen that he's gotten, not just from local you know, restaurants or local stores, but these are huge national brands. There's no telling what they paid him to do this. Well, and, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think your daughter had a little something with Bojangles, and, and, and mm -hmm. that's a national ad. And if I'm wrong there, I, I apologize. I know you're probably not supposed to talk about it. But now that we're on this, I have several questions for you concerning. Uh, does Bryce have an agent, or do they have an agency that brings these things to him, much as you would if you were you know, a professional player, which I guess technically that, that's what it is. And then he goes, well, and I don't want to do that one. I want to do this one. Is, is that the procedure these days? 
It is. They have agents. They have marketing people that can only be an agent and a marketer for their brand and for their career right now as a college amateur athlete. Uh, but they're they're using it kind of like you see with the uh, Olympic sports we've talked about for years and other sports where they could do stuff like this, um, where they could go out and get sponsorships. And so he, he can't have any type of discussions that the agent can't with him as far as NFL or with NFL teams, stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a different world now, Matt, as we've talked about, and it, it really is amazing. And, and, and I think it's good for guys like, uh, Bryce and other big time, um, players like this to have agents, uh, the, the university tries to w- work alongside those agents with compliance. Uh, sometimes they're able to, you know, t- uh, lead a athlete in a certain direction to say, Hey, here's somebody maybe you should, you know, talk to, or here's somebody that you can, um, you know, rely on. We know that they have a great reputation. So I, there, there is a lot of uh, behind the scenes, the university is looking out for these players, uh, at all, all the universities, compliance departments are making sure everything's going through and, and, and that it's NCAA, uh, eligible and, uh, that they're not doing anything that's going to compromise, uh, their eligibility while they're still, uh, playing, but more importantly, that the player gets treated the way they should be treated, uh, as you would with uh, any type of players association or, or agents that you have in the NFL. So it's a good thing. Um, and man, I'd I'd love to see all the Crimson Tide players walk out uh, at, at, at whether it be at Brian Denny Stadium or away game, all wearing these new beats by Dre with uh, with Bryce Young. That, that would be pretty cool. I think that one of the most important things, and I know that it's being tended to is that uh, you got to help these kids with the money and the taxes mm-hmm. and what you do and what you got to pay and make sure you don't get upside down in any of your investments or, you know, you buy too too expensive of a car. But um, here's the question that is, uh, I've got for you. It's an idea that's been trolling. And first time I heard it, I just laughed out loud. And then I thought about it, and I, nah, I still don't think it's a possibility. However, there are a few that believe if, you could get enough NIL money to match what Bryce would make maybe his first year in the NFL. You could get him to stay for a senior year. I, I think you're going to see that for some guys that may not going to might not be the first pick or the second or third pick in the NFL that are going to you know make the big money. They want to get get to the NFL and, and they want to get to that uh, that second contract. That's where they're able to really make big big money. But uh, I, I think you're going to see that. I don't know if you'll see it with Bryce or see it with guys who are maybe a top 10 pick or, or first round draft picks, but guys who are really considering, you know, do I want to go in the second round and, and make this amount of money or can I come back and make NIL money? And, and I think teams that are smart and, and fan bases that are smart and supporting their collectives and doing the things that they can do in order to, to provide certain things for those particular athletes. I mean, that's where we are now. We just got to understand that. And uh, I think there is a possibility, no doubt in my mind, that you could have players that if they were able to make five or six, seven, eight, nine, ten million dollars a year, which sounds crazy right now, but the way this thing is continuing to get better and better. And here's the thing, Matt, is that from year one to year two, Bryce's numbers, and, and again, after winning the Heisman, it should go up. He went from about 1.5, 1.6 million last year. He'll be close to four million, if not above that, by the end of the year. They were they were estimating him at three point six million, but I think that number could get even bigger if, if they keep winning and this the season goes on. This is their their hot time right now for them as far as signing these NIL deals when they're on TV, when they're playing, when they have comeback victories like you do against Texas. Um, that's going to continue to build the brand, and they there's a lot of big national uh, brands that want to be a part of that and, and feel like that's a great marketplace for them to, to spend their money and to get that type of recognition. So it's going to be interesting to watch. I mean, over the next few years, and especially with all the different collectives and all the different 
organizations that are out there helping these athletes and, and bringing them opportunities that were never there before. And a lot of those companies and those, those organizations are learning themselves on really, you know, what can I do? How can we approach this? What's the, the a different avenue that maybe other, other teams or other uh, people have done to, to reach these athletes. So I think it's going to be fun to watch. Jay, uh, one of the really good things, and, and we now have an association, many of our guests do with on three. One of the things they've done is they have this thing called valuation and it shows you maybe not exactly what they are earning, but it's combined with their potential earning, and it's a really good guideline to just look at and see. And you can find your favorite Alabama players, your Auburn players, whatever you want to do. But what I would like to know, because I haven't seen any measurements, and, and you're a marketing guy, so have we seen any results from NIL investments yet? For instance, uh, you know, um, did they sell a lot more <laughs> chicken when uh, Sarah Ashley was was repping them that's a, a very uh kind of elementary right. um example but I mean because you know how these people are now it's all good it's all it's great to have Dr. Dre headsets that's wonderful and to put the money into it but if you don't make it back these people will cut the funding off at the ankles yeah the, the key here Matt is the, is you just brought up the ROI what's the return on investment and with Bryce Young, with this tweet going out with him wearing these headsets, it's going to get so many impressions. And so that's what all the advertisers, especially with products like this, they're just looking for the looks. They want the eyes. They want the impressions that they're going to get from something like this. And if they get a picture of him um, you know, after a game or before a game or, or if he's out doing his warm-ups like he does before and has the headsets on like he normally wears – and it's got a, you know the beats by Dre on the side, and ESPN picks it up. That's an impression. It's going out to millions of people. Uh, the, the attention span of the world is so much smaller now than it was, Matt, back when you know used to. It was about you're really telling the story, and now it is about somewhat telling the story, but it's even more about just seeing it um, and and getting in front of the the, the eyes and and uh, being able to see your brand uh, being marketed out there. That's why you see it with all the different branding for professional athletes now in their jerseys in the stadiums more and more money spending. They just want to be seen so that when you think about a particular product, that their name and their image is the first one that comes to your mind. So it's just about those impressions. And I think they feel that the value of, of uh, what they'll get with Bryce Young with his reach on social media, but also more importantly before and after the games, when people are taking pictures and seeing him and he's got beast by Dre on that, that's going to give them more sales. And, and again, it's going to be how the athlete, you know, Ugalele last year was uh, DJ over at uh, Clemson was you know part of the Dr. Pepper commercials. Bo Nix was a part of Bojangles, Milo's Tea, those type of things. And you know, even as we talk about those things right now on the radio, they're getting impressions because we're mentioning their brands. So even when it's up or right. down, the ROI is still probably going to be pretty good because they're at least just in the marketplace in, in areas and places where people are looking and seeing and with where they weren't before. That That's the, the, the beauty of for them is they were never able to get to this marketplace. Well, and these marketing, you know, firms, these ad agencies, if you will, they have uh, a logarithm, if you will, um, mm -hmm. analytics. This many impressions equal this many sales. Um, and, and it's a little bit like if, if you go on and you're searching around on the web and there's a story you like, you click it. Well, the, the, that particular media organization, AL.com, measures that as a click. And then they have a way to measure the number of clicks as to the popularity of the story as to the banner ads beside it, and as actually to the writers. 
and writers have to go after clicks, uh, just after, like Dr. Dre's going after selling headsets. So um, it is not the same way it was, Jay, even when you and I were hosting a show 20 years ago. <laughs> not at all. You put, you, put a radio, you put a radio ad on for Salvatore's. He sells 15 pizzas that afternoon as a result of them, and it's all measured and done. I can't keep up with this stuff. That's why we've got you. <laughs> no, I'm, I, I, I'm still learning every single day. It's a, it is a different world, no doubt. All right, we come back. Uh, let's get into uh, what happened out at Utah. Crazy story and uh, getting a lot of attention from that, but uh, and also some other college football news and notes. Again, our thanks to Brian Benson who joined us early in the show talking UAB Blazers. They got uh, Georgia Southern coming up this weekend at Protective Stadium at 2.30 p.m. is when they'll kick off and uh, wanted to redeem themselves from last week's loss to Liberty, even though it was a good game, just a lot of turnovers and stuff, but uh, he had a lot to say about that. We got coming up on the other side uh, as well of uh, the next hour, uh, 1.15, Clint Lamb from Bam Insider on 3 Media, and then again from Bam Insider on 3 Media, Andrew Bone will talk recruiting. So stay with us. We're live from ABX. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX studio. So switch to Progressive and save big, because those savings can add up in the future. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National annual average insurance savings by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive in 2020. Potential savings will vary. Your home for Alabama Crimson Tide football. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A very warm afternoon with a sunny sky. Tuscaloosa's high in the upper 80s at 88. Clear tonight, the low 64. Very similar weather tomorrow and Saturday. A good supply of sunshine both days. Highs between 87 and 90. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 84 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Welcome back in as we wrap up hour number one. Uh, a YouTube personality uh, suggested by uh, Team Z says this is why this blew up at Utah. But uh, Malia Johnson brought extra attention to the matter that happened during the uh, and before the game. Uh, there were two topless girls, she says, uh, yesterday at the Utah football game. This was the first time bringing my two kids, and I was so excited to finally have them experience a live football game at my alma mater. Uh, no one working the stadium stopped them at the gate. Security guards just stared and let them walk by. No one did anything. Is this literally what our world is coming to? We can't even go to a family-friendly college football game with our ki- without our kids and family being exposed to nudity. And the uh, stadium security for the event won't step in or escort them out because they're worried they'll get sued because of discriminatory laws. That's what they told me. Are you kidding me? This is not okay. Instead of this post being about how excited I was to take my kids there for the first game, I now feel like I have to post about this issue to try to create some noise and get the stadium to change their rules. Would you be okay with this at your your team stadium, especially with your kids there? So uh, a lot has been uh, said about this now. She actually had a uh, actual post about it uh, where she went on video and talked about this happening. But, man, I mean, that's you can't have that in a in a college football game, especially with a lot of kids being around. Jay, how could you tell? Boom, Bob. <laughs> have you seen the picture? Have I seen the picture? I have not. Um, I mean, it it has the little blur thing over it, but I mean, I, I, and I'm not trying to be critical of these females' bodies, but I guess I am. How, how did they know? 
Um, in other words, if I may be, do you understand what I mean? Yes. Yeah. They are not very well endowed, okay? So, no, it's the wrong thing to do. The security guards should have done something about it immediately because it's a lewd it's a lewd act they let it go they were later approached asked to put on clothing and they did but you know a lot of people will see this particular story jay and they will want to voice their cause and malia johnson who is an influencer so guess what this helps her so why not get on there and, and gripe about it and it's legitimate i understand if i had my children there and i had to explain that to them i would be miffed I wouldn't be hacked. I wouldn't want to call the police or anything like that. You just have to deal with that. And the other side of it is uh, the people that go, well, uh, women should be able to do that and go shirtless wherever they want to. So you get all in the middle of this and you end up with, uh, you end up being on a talk show in, in Alabama. <laughs> exactly. And but, uh, what happened uh, Saturday's Utah football game is actually is illegal. It's against Utah code 76 yeah. 9 702 lewdness involving a child it's a class b misdemeanor so it's you know for them it's more or less let the cop security take over here's the thing matt i mean how much more how many more stadiums you might see this this weekend because people want the attention uh you talking about copycat crimes yeah ccc's <laughs> um you know <laughs> i haven't really thought about that but let's hope but uh, cooler heads and all will prevail and that doesn't happen. But, you know, I hadn't thought about that, Jay. We'll probably see one. But uh, I doubt very seriously whether it, it, it'll be in the South. Um, and then sometimes you wonder, uh, is, is anybody really going to report it? Uh, in this case, the university has gotten involved. Obviously, the police have gotten involved. Let's all just take a chill pill here. This is Matt Coulter's opinion on this. Uh, girls hopefully learned their lesson. Everybody knows as if they should have in the beginning, that that's not, it's not a good thing to do, much less legal, and, and move along. Yeah. But I'll go back to the third time to say this. I hadn't thought about it causing widespread shirtlessness among co-eds. Yeah, and again, it's, it's just know the, know the space, know the surround. I mean, know that you're, you're not going into a sorority party or, or a fraternity party. You're not going into a bar in, in you know, downtown uh, college area, whatever, even just downtown in a city. But you're going to a place where there's going to be kids. You're going to walk in, parent me. P people right. are coming there to have a great afternoon. Just take that into consideration. You know, your rights or whatever you think you have is still the law. You can't do that type of stuff. And and choose your, your settings and, and the place to do that if that's what you want to do uh, to, to be at least in the right place. So the uh, this stuff. All right, I, I want to get back into Jay, good statements. Uh, one last question. One one last question, Jay. Is this going to cause widespread wearing of banana hammocks? <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> Moving along. I hope not. Moving along. Right. Yeah, so Coach Saban yesterday in his press conference, uh, really good stuff. Here, here's one of the quotes from him uh, talking about uh, the teachers that, uh, that really impacted his life. Well, I had, I remember a lot of them, and I can tell you every teacher I had in every grade, all right, because most of the time I wasn't doing what I was supposed to do, so I was always getting corrected, and all those corrections didn't make a difference. Um, but, you know, Miss Helminski gave me a D in music for not standing up and singing, so that was probably the best thing I ever learned about the importance of education because my dad made me turn my basketball uniform in, took me down on a coal mine, said, this is where you're going to end up when you don't get an education. So I remember her. 
Uh, Miss Matthews was my senior English teacher, and you know she was a teacher that was a little bit like what I talked about earlier. You know, she didn't teach everyone the same, and um, which I think is important because everybody has different interests and, and a passion, and you know we should bring that out in those people, regardless what it is, so that they have a better chance to be successful in life and. Um, you know, those, those relationships are been very beneficial, but I, I can name almost all my teachers, Ms. Jones, first grade, Ms. Carpenter, second grade, Ms. Hearn, third grade. I can go through all of them. Ms. Troxel went English class where, you know, I couldn't get what, what you call it, verbs and all that. I couldn't get that right. I can, I can, I can still see her jumping me. Um, so I remember Mr. Ezell giving me a whipping for doing something. And when I got a whipping, I got a whipping when I got home. All right, so I got two whippings. I got the paddle in school, and then my dad got me at home. So all those things, I think, contributed to helping me better make, make better choices and decisions, you know, in my life. You know, I, I really like math. Ms. Turkovich was the best math teacher I ever had. So I can just go on and on and on with the teachers. and. Um, they all had a significant impact on my life, and I certainly appreciate them, you know, more than they know. Hi, this is Wes McClooney, owner of the New Balance Birmingham store. Achieving your personal best often comes down to how you feel. And when it comes to the right shoes, nothing feels better than New Balance. The fit specialists at the New Balance Birmingham store conduct an in-depth analysis of your foot size, shape, and gait, determining the best New Balance shoes for you. Experience the difference of custom fit today at the New Balance Birmingham store on Highway 280 next to Chick-fil-A. New Balance Birmingham, your feet will thank you. One in seven men will face prostate cancer. Nearly 500 new cases are diagnosed every day in the U.S. Traditional treatments can cause erectile dysfunction and urinary incontinence. But now there's a new option, high-intensity focused ultrasound, or HIFU. Men who are really looking for an option that really preserves their urinary and sexual function are great candidates for HIFU treatment. Preserve your quality of life. Call 866-4-VITURO or visit VITUROHEALTH.COM. I'm excited to tell you about our newest sponsor here on the Jay Barker Radio Network. They pioneered the Chicken Finger Box and the Chicken Finger Restaurant. That's Guthrie's. Guthrie's recipes and processes are often imitated but never duplicated. Look, their sauce is probably the most copied sauce of all sauces all time. And I've known this family since my days down in Tuscaloosa. And they came over and, man, I tell you, it's nostalgic even today to see my kids going to that same Guthrie's. And great family. Do so much for the community, but more importantly, provide the best when it comes to chicken fingers. Get out to Guthrie's today. I want to tell you about my good friends at Southern Assurance Group. Hi, it's Jay Barker, and look, Ken Needham has done a terrific job. Local company, 205-980-1505 is their number. That's 980-1505. Again, local, you can speak with the same team every time you give them a call. Full line of products from Auto Home, Boat Life. You'll trust them. They have a great uh, deal as far as the relationships they build with their customers and 20 years with the same company and industry. Custom approach for your insurance needs. Give them a call, 980-1505. That is Southern Assurance Group. Hi. 
it's Jay Barker. I want to tell you about my good friends Craig and Keith at Birmingham Broker. Go online at bhambroker.com. That's bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Got seven kids, man, and we had to sell a lot of cars. And these guys are looking for a lot of inventory. They helped us with all the hassle. No stress for us. They did the process as far as the sales and everything. Handled it all the way through. White glove type service. You'll love it. Again, it's bhambroker.com. Sell your car through bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Whether it's for lunch or dinner, head out to the Cajun Steamers, a New Orleans-style joint that serves authentic Cajun and Creole food, cold beer, and great drinks. They are known for their wide array of Cajun classics and original creations prepared in an authentic fashion. This Louisiana kitchen can have you slapping the table for more. Stop by the Cajun Steamer and sign up for your Alabama, LSU, or Auburn fan card. Eat with the Cajun Steamer while your team is on TV and use your fan card to receive a 15% discount on your entire meal. With next high school game. Have you ever had to wait in line to buy a high school ticket or stop to get cash on the way to the game? There has to be a better way. There he is. It's called GoFan. Check out GoFan.co the next time you need a ticket for your high school game. GoFan is easy, fast, and completely secure. You can buy tickets directly from your phone and just show the ticket at the gate. Download the GoFan app or visit GoFan.co now. That's GoFan.letterC letter O. Birmingham's best Mexican restaurant for over 20 years and counting. That's La Paz Restaurant in Crestline Village and Mount Laurel. They've got a great staff. Its delicious menu, award-winning cheese dip, and margaritas and vibrant atmosphere have helped to make La Paz a local favorite. Blue corn nachos, Texas barbecue quesadillas, steak and blue quesadillas, Baja fish tacos, signature fajitas, and much, much more. So head over to La Paz today. If you want a great lunch or a great dinner, you'll find all that at La Paz, Crestline, and Mount Laurel for lunch or dinner. WTUG HD2 Northport and W265CG Tuscaloosa. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Who you are is more important than what you do. The only way that you're going to have any kind of success in your life, you have to buy into a process of what it takes to reach a goal. How can I be the best I can be at what I do? How much of your time was spent and how much was it invested in your goal? Can't do it unless you can overcome adversity because that's what makes great things great is the things that you had to overcome to accomplish them. We have about five choices in our life, and everybody has a choice as to what they want to do and how they want to do that. But if you're going to be excellent or elite, you got to do special things. You have to have special intensity. You have to have special focus. It doesn't matter what God-given ability that you have, but without the rest of it, I'm not sure you ever get excellent or elite. You have to have toughness. What does it take to break you? I don't care what circumstance you're faced with. What does it take to break your focus, to make you give in, you're tired, or you don't feel like giving effort or finishing the play like you should? I'm not saying it's our goal to try to break you. It's just the way it is in football. It's going to be difficult. You're getting yourself ready to play at a high level. And just because you got beat on the last play, that can't affect the next play. That's breaking you. Your frustration is breaking you. What does it take to break you? We should help others. We should serve other people all the time. You cannot be a leader and affect other people if you're not willing to serve other people. Think of our lives as every day we should appreciate the opportunity that we have to accomplish and affect something. Earn this. Everybody made all these sacrifices for you to live. Go live a good life. Be a good father. Help other people. Accomplish something of significance. Make a difference. That would be my message to everybody here. Make a difference and help everybody's spirit in a positive way. God bless you and roll tight. 
Jay Barker led the Crimson Tide to a national championship in 1992, winner of the Johnny Unitas Golden Arm Award and a finalist for the Heisman Trophy, voted the SEC Player of the Year and was drafted by the Green Bay Packers, also seeing time with the New England Patriots and the Carolina Panthers. He is the winningest quarterback in Alabama history, 35-2-1, member of the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. Jay Barker brings that same championship quality and football expertise to his own radio network and show. Joining him is Lars Anderson, New York Times best-selling author, 20-year veteran of Sports Illustrated, and professor at the University of Alabama. Live from the AVX Studios in Birmingham, Alabama, The Jay Barker Show. Well, I think the unique situation for me is I have such respect for the Bowden family. Uh, Terry was a GA at West Virginia when I was a coach there in whatever year that was, 1978 or 9 or whenever, a long time ago, probably before you were born. Um, and um, so, and Tommy was too. And, you know, Coach Bowden was always really great to my family, was a really good friend of my dad's. Um, so I have a tremendous respect for their family, and I don't think anybody has represented our profession and coached with more class than Coach Bowden did. Uh, and I have the same kind of respect for, you know, both of his sons who have been in and out of our profession. And you know, I have a tremendous amount of respect for Terry and um, you know what he's trying to do at, at ULM. Welcome back in hour number two. And again, we got Clint Lamb from Bama Insider on three media, as well as Andrew Bone from Bama Insider on three media coming up this hour. 115 for Clint Lamb and 130 for Andrew Bone, our recruiting analyst and specialist for the Crimson Tide. Always great to have both those guys on. Look forward to the conversation. We're presented by Top Golf of Birmingham. Don't forget to go to Top Golf. And uh, when you're out to tell them, thank you for uh, helping support Striker Strong Foundation. They really unloaded on uh, Robbie Glenn today and uh, gave him a ton of stuff as well. Some great uh, uh, gifts of 12 uh, people being able to go out there and enjoy golf and drink some food and just have a great time. They'll be giving away uh, at the golf tournament coming up on Friday out at Highland Park. So a lot of uh, great uh, gifts there from uh, from them. Thanks to uh, uh, as far as all that they're doing at Top Golf uh, to help the community and uh, more importantly for us, uh, they supported our show and it will supporting a lot of charities that we're involved in. And thank you for doing that with Striker Strong Foundation. Also driven by Sunny King Ford on the sunny side of the street. Go by and see Tony Russell. And all the great folks there, Sonny King Ford in Oxford and Anniston, Alabama. Matt, as we uh, we got Clint coming up talking Alabama and uh, just your reaction to some of those uh, thoughts from him talking about uh, Coach Bowden. And, uh, look, I've, I've known Terry Bowden for, gosh, almost 40 years. Yep. Um, you and I have a long relationship. You more so because your mother was um, his administrative assistant. Is that the proper – well, actually, she was she the ran secretary. the football program. When you, really, yeah, yeah. See, okay. You yeah. don't mind saying that. I Some don't people mind, get yeah. aggravated by it. But you know what secretaries do? They run your dang department. Uh, but, uh, golly, I've got a lot of Terry Bowden uh, stories. With, uh, the, the first of which is, um, you know, he's a Bowden. So uh, when Sanford hired him, that was a pretty big coup. And you know what else he did when he came down from um, – I guess he was a quarterback's coach at Akron, mm -hmm. and I'm looking at this. It's not from memory. And then he came to Birmingham to be at Sanford, 
And you can answer this question. Who did he bring with him from Salem? I'm, I'm, I'm getting my data. He, he, all right, let me, let me back up. I, I okay. was looking at the wrong portion of his resume. In 82, he was a GA at Florida State with his dad. In 83, he went to Salem through 85. Then in 86, when, when he came to Salem, he came to Sanford. Who did he bring? Boy, I just botched that. Who did he Jimbo bring with him from Fisher. Salem College, Jay? Jimbo yes. Fisher. Is that right? Oh, oh man, disease just took over. Absolutely. Yeah. And I remember, first of all, watching his Salem team just blow up Sanford when Jimbo was his quarterback when they came onto the campus at Sanford. And then he brought him down there. Jay, you're a better evaluator of quarterbacks than I am. Had Jimbo Fisher been, what, two, three inches taller? He, he had just finished the NFL. Oh, yeah. I mean, and if, if he was two or three inches taller or if he was playing in today's game, you know, where, where the, the quarterback yeah. metrics are just different and the style of play and all that in college, um, high schools as well, and all the way through the NFL. Unbelievable arm and uh, a guy that was very well, um, very well built as far as to be able to take on the hits. Uh, could run, great athlete, um, great competitor. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he, he was – very beloved at that time in Sanford and made a lot of, uh, a lot of noise. I mean, Terry had a tremendous career at that time. Um, you know, my mom, as you talked about, she was Terry's secretary, but she was really secretary to the entire coaching staff. That's, that was the kind of the, the way it was set up at that time. They didn't, they didn't have the money to, uh, to really, you know, go out and hire a bunch of different people like they do today, uh, in athletic departments was just set up differently then. Um, but a, a girl named Catherine Louder came in and started working for my mom and working underneath her, and uh, yeah. her dad was the uh, uh, Bobby Louder, uh, who is the big supporter of, of Auburn. And so uh, I'll, I'll never forget it. I was home from, um, I think, a game. I'd come home on a Sunday to have dinner. And my dad and I were sitting at the uh, kitchen table and discussing, you know, what's going to happen. It looks like that, uh, you know, Coach Dye stepped down. This is after the Auburn game, and uh, I think in 1992. Yeah. So 92. And my mom, she says, Terry will be the next head coach at Auburn. And we both laughed. We're like, mom, we know you like him. We know you're, <laughs> you're, you're a Sanford fan. She goes, no, I'm, I'm just, I'm telling you. And she goes, I go, why? She goes, well, because Bobby Louder has been to our office over the last two weeks, a number of times. And I've listened and heard the conversations. And, um, I'm just saying, I, I she goes, I think Terry will be the next coach at, uh, at, at Auburn. And we both just kind of laughed about it. And, Okay, well, you know, maybe you heard said, "Oh, what's mom thinking?" You know, all that type of stuff. Sure enough, Terry Bowden announced as the next head coach and had an unbelievable first year, eleven and zero. He was twenty zero and one when I faced him my senior year. Uh, they beat us right. down there in '93. I got hurt late in the game. Uh, I, I still think we'd have won that game. Um, but when we played him in '94, twenty zero and one, they had tied. Was it who did they tied? Was it Georgia? That they tied the week before. Georgia. That, yeah. I think it was the week before, yeah. It was, yeah. And so at that point in time, it was like, man, this, you know, Terry is doing what everybody thought a Bowden would do at that level, but especially him. And a, a unique thing about Terry is Terry's actually a lawyer. Uh, he, he Even when he was, he was yep. had a, has a law degree, a very smart, great uh, uh, acumen, and, and, and just his whole offensive philosophy, uh, he gets it. And, uh, and, and, and you know, why would he not? He grew up around it. And he had, you know, great roots back to Birmingham based on, you know, Bobby still had his house there in East Lake for years, right there by Roebuck uh, Park, a Roebuck uh, golf course. And, um, you know, I think, you know, I really felt like that Terry was going to be a, a long-term 
uh, solution for Auburn at that time. I know he struggled a little bit that next year, and then uh, you know rumors that he went to a, a particular concert. Actually, the guy that just played at the White House recently, and um, ended up uh, <laughs> getting into some trouble, and uh, ended up uh, you know getting run out of run out of Auburn. And you know, talking to former players, and and not the guys who played for him, but the guys that were before him. There, there was a lot of animosity, and 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 I, I don't know if it was because the way they felt they were treated, um, they didn't like all the buttons, audacity, and you know all the things that he did with AU, and he created those buttons for the fans to wear, but it was effective. I mean, he he was actually producing a great product on the field. You know, I, I honestly think that because just listening to some of the guys that I know that I'm very close to that were there during the heyday of Coach Die, they felt like that uh, you know this guy just came in and did more in two years. Than Coach Dye did in two years when he was there at Auburn, even though Coach Dye won SEC titles, what, four uh, during the 80s, um, were SEC champions and, you know, had an unbelievable run, but almost felt threatened that uh, here's this kind of outsider. He's not an Auburn guy. Yeah, he's a Bowden, but uh, we don't like this, you know, and and, and I think that animosity kind of created some uh, feelings about Terry that ended up uh, having them kind of want to see him not do well. And when he began to have, uh, you know, troubles and things happening on the field and off the field, they, they took note of it and, uh, jumped on it in a big time way. And, you know, I'm not blaming those guys. I mean, Terry was ultimately the one that, you know, ended up, uh, you know, making uh, choices or things that happened on the field and off the field. And that's, that's what it is. But, uh, he's an excellent football coach. He's always been nothing but genuine to my family, a, a, you know, a great uh, coach on, on that offensive side of the football, especially, and has done very well at rehabbing himself, whether it be in Akron, and then he goes to Clemson as a, a analyst and really humbled himself there and took on a role that he felt like would give him an opportunity to get to a place like La Monroe and be a head coach again. He's, uh, he's got a very, very storied career. I, I think that's as easy a way to put it as any. But in reference to his going to the James Taylor concert, he left during running. The, the team was running yep. at the very end of practice, yep. and then he got on – he got on a plane, came up, watched the concert, and next thing you knew, everybody was calling him, uh, you know, whatever, and so, so, and so, and so, simply because he left while his team was running. I, I I thought he got a raw deal in a lot of ways there. You know, it's interesting. Not only does he have his uh, Juris Doctorate, he got that from Florida State. He studied at Oxford. Uh, Jay, yeah. they wouldn't let me walk within a mile of Oxford University. <laughs> I mean, that place is high brow education and just one other thing you remember he stayed out of coaching after the debacle if you will at auburn mm -hmm. you remember where he came back 11 years later he was at the university of north alabama yes that's right and he had success he had success because um bobby wallace had been there and mm -hmm. won three straight national championships so uh I do remember this. I, was, I did a game up there. It was UNA and somebody else for the Gulf South. And I looked at his roster of the 75-something, I don't know, whatever they had on the roster. 30 were transfers. Wow. And, and that was in 2010. Yeah, he's a smart dude, man. He, uh, he gets it. He knows yeah. how to rec recruit and uh, knows offense. I, I, I think, and I may be wrong on this, but this will be – because they didn't play at Bryant Denny at that time when he was at Auburn, I don't think. But then he went back to Birmingham after those games in, in Auburn. I, this may be his first time ever in Bryant Denny Stadium as a head coach. Now, let me look. I think that's that, that appears to be true. Wow. 
There's a good point. Fun fact and no one tell by Jay Barker. <laughs> Clint Lamb's coming up next. We'll talk Alabama, La Monroe, and uh, more from him and uh, this matchup coming up on Saturday. Clint Lamb from Bama Insider on 3 Media Next. Stay with us. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the A4522. Don't wait. Call now. 800-324-4522. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A very warm afternoon with a sunny sky. Tuscaloosa's high in the upper 80s at 88. Clear tonight, the low 64. Very similar weather tomorrow and Saturday. A good supply of sunshine both days. Highs between 87 and 90. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 84 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Let's get right to Clint Lamb from Bama Insider, all three media, and uh, always great to have him on and get his perspective of Alabama's uh, win. Ugly, but uh, win's a win, baby. By one point, we had a chance to visit with each other in the postgame show on Bama Insider, on three media on Saturday, but uh, we'll start there. Clint, first of all, welcome in. We appreciate you being on with us. Absolutely, Jay. How you doing today? Man, doing doing great and enjoying this beautiful weather once again in Birmingham, Alabama. But uh, I, I, let's start with Texas, just for our listeners. Kind of your take on that and inside of that, uh, the, the, the semi-rant that uh, Coach Saban had yesterday. Yeah, I think that it was, uh, you know, it, it's Louisiana Monroe week, so probably a little bit more difficult to get players to buy in. Um, and after you just had a rough road game, you would think it wouldn't be as difficult, but I think that you'll see him a lot more upset in these kind of situations where they're a big favorite according to Vegas. Um, and that's going to be most of the season. I mean, it's not just Louisiana Monroe this weekend. It's, you know, they were 20 point favorites last week, right? So, I mean, mm-hmm. nothing really new, but uh, it, it's about moving and taking steps in the right direction. And I think that, you know, when you go back and look, there were a lot of things that Alabama did, a lot of it self inflicted, that is very correctable. Um, and I think that from a fan's perspective, that should probably be the number one thing that you know you should take away from the game is that most of the issues that you're seeing can be fixed. Now, last year, you didn't see a whole lot of growth in some of the, the areas that you needed them to as far as taking a step in the right direction. But uh, that didn't mean you know, this is a completely different team. It's a completely new year. So fans are going to look back and say, well, we didn't really see anything get addressed that much last year. Will we get you know see it addressed this year? And I would say that you know they're probably going to. It's still... You know, only the second week of the season, it was a tough environment. But I think that, uh, you know, before it's all said and done, a lot of the problems, whether it be at wide receiver and just not playing confidently, not playing fast, uh, the offensive line still working some things out. I thought some guys played pretty well. When you go back and you watch the film, I really don't think the offensive line had a terrible game. I really don't. Um, but I also don't think they had a great game either. There's still plenty of room for development. And when I say I don't think they had a terrible game, I would more so say that that, that was in pass protection really need to do a much better job of uh, moving the football consistently on the ground and creating movement. But it was, a, it was a, a rough performance, but at the same time, you figure out a way to get a win, and that's really all that matters. Clint Lamb is our guest on three and all. Clint, uh, you say you think they, they played pretty well, but there were obviously some breakdowns, and I'm not a finger-pointing guy, but I'm going to turn around and be one. <clears throat> were there a couple of guys that probably would have uh, – 
gotten uh, not satisfactory grades. And also, could you give us an update, <clears throat> pardon me, on Tyler Harrell? Yeah, I think Tyler Harrell is going to be huge because I think that that element from Alabama's offense is missing. And that's pretty evident. I think right now Bryce Young is 0 for 4 on passes traveling, you know, 20 plus yards. Last year he completed, you know, roughly about close to 40% of his passes, and there were a lot of them. And he had something like 14 touchdowns and only three or four interceptions. Was a very effective downfield thrower. And you just haven't seen, it's not like he's throwing downfield and he's not connecting. That has happened when he has thrown the football down the field, but it's been rare. You just haven't seen it a whole lot. And I think that that's really limiting Alabama's offense in the way that it's threatening defenses. Last year, you know, pretty much if you were starting to drive on the 25-yard line, the defense had 75 yards of field to cover because you had a guy like Jamison Williams who would be able to beat you vertically so consistently. And even though I don't think Tyler Harrell is going to be Jamison Williams, I think replacing that element and that threat was the main reason he was brought in. But it was also to bring in another experienced receiver as well and so he's trending towards being able to return around the same time as JoJo Earl. Uh, you know, early October is the hope. I mean, I've heard, you know, reports be put out that he's expected back around the Arkansas game, which would be, you know, early October. It might end up, you know, you might see a little bit of a delay. They might be back around mid-October. But I would say that really when things start cranking back up as far as difficult road games and all that, you're going to be getting Tyler Harrell back. I don't know how much, you know, how long it'll take him to kind of get up to speed with everything. I mean, obviously he was, you know, taking a little while to really get a good grasp of the offense and what was going to be required of him and, you know, just all the nuances of not only playing receiver for Alabama, but just playing for Alabama in general. Uh, it might take him a little while to get up to speed on all that stuff, but I certainly think that he's going to have that element. I think that's going to be very big for, for Alabama's offense. So, the receivers going back and watching, and, and Nick Saban, I think a lot of people were very concerned about the group as a whole because there were times where Bryce Young hung on to the football for way too long, and it was because guys weren't creating any separation downfield. Mm -hmm. You've got to get give the Texas defensive backs a lot of credit for that, but also, you know, you're uh, you know some of the most talented receivers in college football. You're supposed to be. It doesn't really matter who you're going against. You should be able to get some kind of separation. And there were some instances where maybe they didn't, as well as you know, people would have liked, and that created some concerns. Now, Nick Saban explains, and he says it was guys really not playing fast. You know, they weren't playing confident, and that makes sense. You know, if you're not going full speed, then it doesn't matter how athletic you are. Uh, if you don't know exactly what, you know, you're doing or what's being asked or how you need to adjust certain things, all that's going to play a part. So I think that as they continue to get more comfortable with Bryce Young, I think as they continue to get more confident, you know, just being in the offense and all those things, especially those younger guys like a Kobe Prentice or, you know, an Isaiah Bond who maybe could add that vertical element if uh, you weren't able to get it out of Tyler Harrell eventually. Um, I think that you'll continue to see those guys grow. So I, I think it was a concern in some ways, but hearing the justification for it, A, it makes sense because it's not like, you know, we all thought this was going to be one of the most, you know, the, one of the fastest wide receiver groups that we've ever seen under Nick Saban at Alabama. That didn't just go away. You know, that speed's still there. It's just, it's learning how to utilize that speed and getting confident in what you're doing. So I wouldn't be overly concerned, but it is something to monitor as we move forward into the season. Great points. And uh, this is the chemistry between them and Bryce Young and, and knowing, and even for Jermaine Burton, you know, now you got a guy, Jermaine, that's going to hold the ball. He's going to be able to, you know, slide around the pocket. You, you keep working. Get open and uh, be that go-to guy. Clint Lamb, our guest, Bam Insider on 3 Media. Two guys I want to talk to you about or ask your thoughts on 
Just give me your take so far, what you've seen out of Jameer Gibbs, and how big was it to get Cameron Latu back at tight end? Yeah, as far as Jameer Gibbs is concerned, we knew that he was going to be a much bigger part of the, the passing game, right? I mean, he only had one catch for five yards against Utah State. There was no way you brought in this dynamic threat, uh, you know, receiving threat out of the backfield and not utilize him in that way. But, you know, I, I saw a lot of what I saw live, like when we talked about it in the postgame show, going back and watching it again, I didn't really come away with too many, you know, too much more di- a different thought on how I thought he played. A, phenomenal player as far as catching the football. Like I said, you can do a lot of different things with him. You can line him up in the backfield and throw it to him on swing passes and things like that. Or you can line him up as a receiver and kind of let him actually run some routes. Uh, and he can actually do that pretty effectively as well. And that gets Jace McClellan on the field. Now, the concern with Jameer Gibbs, and I might have brought this up on the sh- this show before, but I certainly have talked about it quite a bit. When I watched him at Georgia Tech, I didn't think he was super effective in pass protection. And it wasn't that necessarily I thought that he wasn't capable. It's that he wasn't really asked to do it too much. You know, if you go back and look, Georgia Tech over the last two years, when Jameer Gibbs was there, they only threw the football 625 times. Alabama just last year, if I'm not mistaken, I want to say they were hovering around 600, or excuse me, uh, 571. And over the last two years total, they're up there around a thousand. So you, that's first of all, there's, it's a lot less pass attempts than that Georgia Tech offense compared to Alabama's. But on top of that, when you've got a dynamic receiving threat like a Jameer Gibbs, if it is a situation where you're throwing the football in your Georgia Tech and you're so limited as far as the weapons that are available to you, are you really going to have him in there pass blocking or are you going to put him out there on a route? So I just don't think he had a whole lot of experience with it, but that was a huge issue for Alabama against Texas. He missed, you know, the one that they talked about on the broadcast was obviously really big, but there was another one that he missed, or a couple of more, that he missed as far as pass protection assignments uh, on Saturday. And then at a certain point in the game, they pretty much started, you know, taking him out of the backfield in any sort of situation where they were throwing the football. They lined him up more as a receiver or outlawed. They put Jace McClellan back there, who I also think he performed better in pass protection, but I also saw a couple of issues out of him as well that contributed uh, to the pressure. But, um, you know, and that went on for a while. I mean, you really didn't see Jameer Gibbs in passing situations ever being asked to pass to protect. Um, and I just wonder how much of that, you know, moving forward. I, I, I don't think that he's not capable. I just, like I said, I don't think he's really used to it. I don't think it's something he's done a ton. Obviously, when you're in high school, I mean, they're not going to have you pass protect a ton. It's something that a lot of high school running backs deal with when they get to college level. But I do think that as he continues to get more comfortable and confident doing that, that he will, you know, improve in that area. You would think that he would at least. But I thought that he certainly played extremely well uh, from a receiving standpoint, just what he adds to the offense. If they can get some help from some of these receivers, I think they're going to be just fine. And then I'm sorry, but I forgot who this other player you uh, asked about. It was uh, Latu and yeah, Kim. Gibbs. And I, yeah, yeah, Cameron Latu. Yeah. Latu. Yeah, yeah, he definitely uh, – his presence in the offense is only going to continue to grow. You know, I thought that down the stretch, what did Bryce Young do when he really needed some yardage and, and it needed to be safe yardage? He was going to Cameron Latu. It was nothing – the performance was nothing special, but I thought that that trust factor was certainly there in those crucial moments. And you saw what Cameron Latu can provide, but – you really didn't see him showing off his, you know, uh, mismatch problem being a big body guy who can run up to the catch and doing a lot of those things. So I think that as the the weeks carry on, you'll see him start to get more involved in that way and be a bigger part of the offense, you know, rather just, you know, the crunch time situations like last week. 
but it certainly was encouraging to see his snap share and to see how much he actually played. Mm-hmm. And, you know, having that weapon and having that safety blanket for Bryce Young, when you're still trying to build chemistry with some of these other guys, I think that'll be pretty important as we continue to move forward to this season. Clint, as always, great stuff, my man. Thank you. Look forward to getting you on next week, and uh, you, maybe Clint. I'll see you on the post-game show as well. Absolutely, guys. I appreciate you having me on. All right, man. Clint Lamb from Bama Insider on 3 Media. and does a great job covering the Crimson Tide. Uh, also uh, part of uh, Get a Great Radio Show as well uh, out of uh, Mobile, Alabama. So good stuff. I will right, we'll continue talking about the Alabama Crimson Tide and their recruiting class right now for 2023. What's it look like? Andrew Bone's going to tell us on the other side of what guys are maybe attending this Lobman Road matchup in T-Town coming up this Saturday. Stay with us. We'll be back. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. One in seven men will face prostate cancer. Nearly 500 new cases are diagnosed every day in the U.S. Traditional treatments can cause erectile dysfunction and urinary incontinence. But now there's a new option, high-intensity focused ultrasound, or HIFU. Men who are really looking for an option that really preserves their urinary and sexual function are great candidates for HIFU treatment. Preserve your quality of life. Call 866-4-VITURO or visit VITUROHealth.com. Hi, it's Jay Barker for AVX, Audio Video Excellence. They are the premier provider for custom audiovisual design and installation in the Southeast. AVX seeks excellence in everything it does, including a superior employee experience. AVX offers employees an industry-leading salary, insurance benefits, and 401k options. AVX technicians also receive the highest level of certification and continue training, making it one of the most awarded and decorated companies in the industry. Career opportunities are available now for technicians in Birmingham and Santa Rosa Beach, Florida. Join the AVX team by contacting them at avxinc.com. Gary Burley here for Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. As a 10-year National Football League veteran, you can imagine my surprise being diagnosed with cancer and starting chemotherapy treatment back in 2014. I suffered from a lot of pain and offered up prayer during those days as I made it into remission. But I developed neuropathy. Anyone that suffers from this condition knows the pain is excruciating. Nerve numbness and tingling along the tissue that won't heal. I tried everything for relief, folks, until my wife suggested I call Dr. Williford of Williford Chiropractic and wellness. I called at 205-909-7373 and scheduled an appointment. After three treatments, I began experiencing relief that I haven't had in years. If you're suffering from neuropathy, I suggest you reach out to Dr. Williford and his great staff at WillifordChiropracticAndWellness.com. Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. Give them a call at 205-909-7373. Balance your brain. Balance your life. Hi, it's Jay Barker. I want to tell you about my good friends Craig and Keith at Birmingham Broker. Go online at bhambroker.com. That's bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Got seven kids, man, and we had to sell a lot of cars. And these guys are looking for a lot of inventory. They helped us with all the hassle. No stress for us. They did the process as far as the sales and everything. Handled it all the way through. White glove type service. You'll love it. Again, it's bhambroker.com. Sell your car through bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Hi, it's Jay Barker for Siebel's in downtown Homewood, and now's the time to get your special place ready. Come in and let Siebel's design your porch with Kingsley Bait Outdoor Furniture and one of their custom swinging beds. For the great room, you're going to need their Carson Swivel Recliner. Siebel's is the number one Carson Recliner dealer in the country, and Sarah and I, we've got one, and we absolutely love it. Be sure also to check out their famous custom-made beds and bunk beds built by Siebel's and made up with some of their best linens in town. Their staff can truly put your bed together like no other store. You can also follow Siebel's 
Siebel's and shop on Instagram and Facebook. And be sure to call or go by their special store in downtown Homewood. The number is 800-448-1962. That's 800-448-1962. And just for listening, go to Siebel'sCottage.com and order anything you want and type in Jay Barker for a special discount code. That's Jay Barker for a special discount code available only to our listeners for a limited time on The Jay Barker Show. Siebel's in downtown Homewood or online at Siebel'sCottage.com. It's Antonio Langham here to tell you about the easiest way to buy your tickets to your next high school game. Have you ever had to wait in line to buy a high school ticket or stop to get cash on the way to the game? There has to be a better way. There is. It's called GoFan. Check out GoFan.co the next time you need a ticket for your high school game. GoFan is easy, fast, and completely secure. You can buy tickets directly from your phone and just show the ticket at the gate. Download the GoFan app or visit GoFan.co now. That's C. Letter O. Welcome back in, and uh, we welcome in Andrew Bone from Bama Insider on 3 Media. Covers Alabama recruiting for 19 years. And uh, also uh, got a newborn one-year-old son. Got the book out, my book, or his book, The Road to Bama. Uh, A great book to read, talking about some of the recruiting uh, as far as guys coming in to Alabama over the years, how they got there, their road to the University of Alabama. Andrew Bone, welcome in, my man. I hope you're having a great Thursday. Doing great. How you guys doing? Man, doing well, doing well. Thank you. Enjoying this Birmingham beautiful weather the last few days. Goodness gracious, ready for that. Uh, that love that northern cool breeze. It's felt really good. Um, kind of give us your take right now, just where the class is, um, and and maybe some guys they're expecting to have in for this weekend for this La Monroe game. Well, currently still sitting with uh, twenty one commitments, the number one recruiting class in the country. A lot of as we kind of get into the season, that you know, a lot of these. Um, Kids decide to hold off from making decisions. They, you know, they kind of gotten into season mode and they're focused on their high school team and they're going to games during the season and uh, you know trying to enjoy uh, as many uh, great atmospheres as they possibly can. So you know you're going to see down at Auburn this weekend for the Penn State game. Obviously, a lot of kids that are going to be coming in uh, to Tuscaloosa for the uh, for the Texas A&M game uh, here in the next few weeks. But there are going to be a you know a few recruits. In Tuscaloosa uh, this weekend, um, uh, more so, you know, commitments. You know, we're going to see uh, some of the you know in-state commitments like Hunter Osborne out of Hewitt Trust, full defensive lineman. Uh, Perry Thompson uh, is having an unbelievable year for uh, Foley High School, 2024 wide receiver. Uh, he's also going to be uh, in Tuscaloosa. But two uh, players who aren't going to be in Tuscaloosa uh, throughout the season, but are going to make it to Alabama this weekend, Malik Benson, the top JUCO player in the country uh, out of Hutchinson Community College in Kansas. Uh, you know, the uh, not only the number one JUCO player, but the number one uh, wide receiver uh, as well. He's going to make his uh, first game visit to Alabama. And most of his uh, junior college games are on Saturday. So this was the only weekend that he was going to be able to, uh, to make it. And then uh, Ola Salinan, uh, he is also going to be making a trip uh, to Alabama, the uh, four-star lineman from uh, Finland. Uh, just he's uh, plays at a boarding school in Connecticut, but he's going to be coming down this weekend. A couple of his teammates, uh, J- uh, Jacob and Jared Smith, who were in the 2024 class, 
uh, currently rated as the top two players in Connecticut. They will also be uh, in Tuscaloosa. They earned an offer uh, from Alabama uh, back in June. So they're going to be making their way to Tuscaloosa this weekend. So that's kind of a look at you know, some of the bigger names uh, that are going to be in Tuscaloosa. Now, obviously, like I said, that Texas A&M game, that's kind of the game that you know, pretty much everybody in the country has uh, circled on their calendar um, You know, as far as you know, making sure that they are uh, in attendance. Uh, we'll see a lot of official visitors that weekend, a lot of, a lot of commitments, a lot of, uh, you know, uh, top underclassmen, obviously, you know, with so many kids that are going to uh, want to attend that game, uh, you're going to have to tell some kids no. There's uh, basically just not not enough room for the amount of people that are going to come in. And obviously, Alabama will want to spend as much time as they possibly can with their main targets in that 2023 and 2024 uh, recruiting class. But you know, like I said earlier, currently sitting with 21 commitments. You know, people ask me every single day. How many are they going to take? There's not necessarily a number. There never is a is a number. There's always guys that Alabama is going to you know make room for. They're going to make sure that you know if those guys want to jump on board, they're going to have a spot all the way until the end. Uh, I do think this is one of those classes where we're going to see anywhere between 28, 30 uh, total prospects, uh, you know, total signees. So there's still a little bit of ways to go, and I, I think that there's obviously a lot of guys that are out there that they. Feel pretty confident uh, about coming. We're going to see um, we're going to see two decisions happen um, over the course of the next week and a half. We have um, Jordan Renaud, a defense alignment out of uh, Texas. He's going to be making his decision on Monday between Alabama and and, uh, and Oklahoma. Took an official visit to Oklahoma this past weekend, but you know, really heading into that visit, felt like Alabama was in really good shape for him. And even after the visit. Still kind of feel that way. I think it's, um, yeah, I don't want to say it's a done deal by any means because you just never know what may happen. Uh, but I do think Alabama, uh, is, you know, in a really good position, uh, to land its, uh, third defense alignment in this class. So we'll find out from Jordan Renaud, uh, come Monday. And then also staying in the state of Texas, uh, Jalen Hill, uh, top 100 wide receiver, uh, out of Longview High School. Uh, they actually played against each other last Friday night. Uh, Jordan Renaud, team and um and Jalen Hill's team and Alabama uh assistant coaches Freddie Roach and Holman Wiggins uh were both in attendance. Bama Insider was also in attendance. We sent uh one of our recruiting reporters, Joseph Hastings, to Texas to watch both of those guys. You know, did interviews with both of them after the game and did some analysis and you know had a chance to talk to uh to to Jalen Hill uh after that game and you know he called Alabama wide receiver U. I mean he definitely loves uh, the tradition they've built um, at the wide receiver position, uh, the development there, and uh, you know, definitely has a very high interest. Now, it's, in my opinion, an Alabama-Texas recruiting battle. Now, he is going to take an official visit to Texas A&M this weekend. Not really seeing Texas A&M as, as the choice. They kind of got in on him late, uh, but I do think it's between Alabama and Texas. You know, he's not really letting anything out of the bag. Um, I, I'm Still leaning to Alabama uh, with Jalen Hill, but I do think it's very close. He's going to announce on September the 21st. Um, you know, between those three schools, Georgia's also in it, but in the end, Alabama and Texas, and I, I think he ends up rolling with the tide. Andrew Bone is our guest from On Three and Bama Insider. Also, uh, his book has been out for a while, The Road to Bama. Difficult question for you here, Andrew, but you've got a one year old. You can handle anything. 
Um, <laughs> do you hear, and this is no way a reference to the University of Alabama because that's where your bread and butter is, and you work for Bama Insider, but with all your sources around the, uh, around the nation, are most people, most universities and so forth, and, and the student athlete, are, are they staying inside NIL guidelines, and that's not being used as a tool? Well, you know, it is a difficult question because, you know, I do think there's a lot of schools who, you know, want to do it the right way. Um, yeah, I think that they certainly want to, you know, follow the, you know, the guidelines. I don't think there's necessarily, uh, you know, really any hard rules in place or any consequences for people who potentially may, uh, you know, uh, go away from those guidelines. Uh, as we've seen, you know, I certainly believe that, um, you know, NIL has become a, uh, a major recruiting tool, um, you know, for several schools. Um, you know, I think, you know, some of these top programs, um, you know, you kind of listen to, you know, what recruits say after their visits, um, you know, Alabama, Georgia, um, Ohio state, kind of the, you know, kind of the premier programs in the country, you know, they, they've basically been telling recruits, Hey, you know, NIL is, uh, you know, is here, you know, he, here are the, uh, opportunities that you have when you come here. Uh, you know, we are big name brand programs. So, you know, getting an NIL deal is not going to be, you know, too difficult if you, if you come to school here, but there's probably some other programs that are out there that, you know, are trying to be oh, Alabama. They're trying to be Georgia. They're trying to be Ohio state. Um, you know, they're really sure, you know, they're trying to, when recruits and uh, you know, I don't want to say that they are completely just using NIL to uh, to try to entice those recruits to come, but I think it is a uh, a major factor in uh, in a lot of these decisions that we're we're seeing. And I think that's one of the reasons we you know we've seen coaches get you know upset about it and and uh, you know fire things off to the media that you know, maybe they didn't necessarily want to say or have out in public. I mean, we've seen Coach Saban do it. We've seen. Um, you know, several coaches do it. Uh, you know, Dabo Sweeney uh, said some stuff. So uh, I do think that it has been a problem. I'm interested to see if there are some, uh, you know, some rules that get put in place. Uh, but, you know, it's still going to be hard to control. Um, you know, I think it's always going to be hard to control regardless. Um, but, you know, you just don't want to, you, you don't want a kid to, to choose a school just because that school provided him with a, you know, three or four year uh, you know, $3 million uh, NIL deal before he ever stepped foot on campus. Now, I think, you know, people always go back to Bryce Young. Oh, Bryce Young uh, had a million dollars worth of NIL deals before he even played it down. Well, he also had those deals as a student athlete at the University of Alabama. Um, he wasn't at such and such high school uh, signing those deals. Uh, you know, I think that's uh, you know, a major, major difference. And you know, it's something that uh, that's certainly enticing, and it makes a lot of kids want to go to you know certain schools that may not be on the same level as uh, you know some of those other top programs. And it's strictly been a recruiting tool for some of them, and basically the only recruiting tool uh, you know for some of those schools. Yeah, and I agree. With you. Well, first of all, fourteen—I think it is states now, maybe more. I know it was fourteen at one time. Have said it's okay to have nil deals while you're an athlete in high school, which is. 
crazy to even think about. Um, but they, they've passed they passed those laws. Um, we'll see where the other states take it on. But I, I agree with the Blue Bloods are going to win out, number one, the, the big schools, the big brands, when it comes to those type of deals. Because you're not only getting the athlete, even if you can't say that it's the brand of Alabama, you're still getting it because of that, that person plays for that particular team. I do think it's going to help these mid-majors or group of five type type schools that are sitting in these big cities they can go out and raise a ton of money to get their recruiting classes really to where they can compete at a high level at, at that level. Um, so I think that's where NIL is going to be really impactful uh, for a lot of those mid-major teams. Andrew, always appreciate you coming on, my man. Thank you for being with us. Have a great weekend. Indeed. Always, guys. Thanks a lot. Bye. All right. Thank you. Andrew Thanks, Bone, Bama Insider on 3 Media, your source for all things Alabama, as well as the recruiting sites as well. The valuation, as Matt brought up earlier, from NIL is really cool to look at. You see all the athletes, where they're at, their valuation as far as their potential earnings and NIL deals. Uh, one of the first to do that when it comes to the recruits and also current players. All right. So we'll continue on the other side. And, um, Another thing, talking about recruiting, uh, we brought this this topic up, but I want to dive a little bit d- deeper in it with position by position. But Alabama's got 58 guys in the NFL. We talk about the recruiting classes, but uh, not only they recruited Alabama, they go on to play in the NFL, and a lot of them play for a long time. And uh, what positions does Alabama dominate in the NFL? We'll tell you on the other side. Stay with us live from ABX. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. A national championship team covering... 205-686-1941. That's 205-686-1941. 205-686-1941. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A very warm afternoon with a sunny sky. Tuscaloosa's high in the upper 80s at 88 clear tonight the low 64 very similar weather tomorrow and saturday a good supply of sunshine both days highs between 87 and 90 i'm james Spann on the abc 3340 weather center on tide 100.9 it's 84 degrees in tuscaloosa Uh, a couple weeks back, the uh, tide rolling into NFL for the sixth consecutive season. Alabama has the most or tied for the most players. They got 58 on the active NFL uh, w- uh, kickoff weekend rosters. The league uh, announced it the last uh, or two weeks ago, I guess. The Crimson Tide also played the most active NFL players on seasons, ending uh, opening rosters. Excuse me. <laughs> excuse me. In 2018, 44, 2019, 56, 2020, 53. 2021, 54, and shared the uh, league lead in 2017 with 39. Uh, LSU this year, they got 52. Ohio State's got 52. So Alabama's got six more. And if you count Jalen Hurts, seven more. I put it at 59. Uh, Georgia, 44, uh, which has been a huge improvement for them with Kirby Smart getting their type of players they recruit in. Uh, Notre Dame, 37. Penn State, 35. And Florida, 33. Michigan, 33. Oklahoma, 32. So uh, Clemson at 29. Texas at 26. To kind of look at those top schools, I mean, that's kind of who's been at the top. And it is set for LSU. LSU, even though they still got 52 yeah. guys, uh, they're, they're probably the only school that hasn't really stayed and, and consistently at the top of college uh, football. But pretty amazing. I mean, you think that that's gone from 39 for Alabama to uh, 58 now, just over the last few years. Looking at position by position, which is I think is pretty cool to look at, um, 
Alabama, I mean, by far has, uh, I mean, defensive backs, 14 active players in the NFL at defensive back. They lead that in the NFL. 10 defensive tackles in the NFL from Alabama. They lead that. Uh, Alabama also leads, tied for the lead, and uh, tackles with Florida, five. And uh, running backs, Alabama leads uh, all NFL teams, uh, or all NFL players, with six Alabama players at running back. Pretty amazing, but I mean, I think that tells the story and tells a lot of what's not only happened in Alabama, but also the ability to come in and be recruited by Coach Saban, the development, the process, and everything that he does to get his guys. I mean, he wants to win championships, but Matt, a big part of what he does is training these guys, getting them ready and prepared to get to the next level. And, and that's why a lot of these NFL coaches like him because uh, Alabama is it's a small NFL program when you really get right down to it, particularly on defensive way they're coached there and on offense too. What am I talking about? Bill O'Brien, a former NFL coach himself. You mentioned running backs, and I'm glad that you did because this is so worth mentioning. Brian Robinson shot twice two weeks ago on the practice field yesterday. Oh, wow. That's just good for him. Well, I mean, that's Tuscaloosa tough, isn't it? <laughs> it is. Yeah. He is a tough, tough that's dude, just no doubt amazing. about it. Amazing. I, I tell you what, that, that number. Who do you four, think what, what NFL team has the most players? Alabama players? Yeah. Washington, right? Washington is second right now. It's the Patriots. Gee, oh, Patriots. Oh, Nick yeah. Saban, <laughs> uh, Belichick, you think? They know each other's style? Yeah, that works, too. I'm sorry I interrupted you, Jeff. No, no, no. I mean, you're right. The systems worked, I mean, because they think alike and they coach alike and uh, their process is so much alike in how they not only uh, with the players, but just the systems that they run. Now, I was going to say, I mean, such a dominant number for Alabama. I mean, the only one, really two positions, but defensive back at 14. I mean, if you're a defensive back coming out of high school and you are a top-rated player, I mean, you get a chance to be coached personally by head coach Nick Saban. He coaches the DBs and yeah. runs them through drills, makes the throws. I mean, he's out there practicing with them, not just standing around and then you know, how he's developed these guys and, and knows exactly how they need to play because he is an assistant coach uh, for so many years in the NFL and, you know, coach guys like Antonio Langham uh, when he got there and other great uh, defensive backs. I mean, a guy that just knows that position and the fundamentals they've got to have and, and the way that they've got to be in position uh, when it comes to guarding a, a wide receiver or coming up in the run game. So that, that's an amazing – and the other one is the defensive tackles at 10 uh, for Alabama. Georgia has 10 linebackers. Uh, I thought Alabama would have more linebackers up there, but then again, they don't. Maybe after the next couple of years, we'll we'll, uh, we'll surpass Georgia. But just sheer numbers. Real quick, Jay, you, you may have mentioned a minute ago, Alabama's top was, what did you say, 56? 58. 58. Who was second and third? LSU, 52. Ohio State was 52, and Georgia, 44. Uh... None of those real, real surprising, especially with the talent base they've got in Louisiana. Now they just got to find somebody that can do something with them. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right, thanks for joining us here on this Thursday edition. Again, thanks to Clint Lamb, Coach Brian Vincent, UAB, Georgia Southern coming up at 2.30 at Protective Stadium. And also Andrew Bowen just joined us talking recruiting for the Crimson Tide.